Have you ever said or done something that you made you feel unwise or foolish afterward? Maybe you felt like you have done fool before. No one likes to feel foolish. The memory verse today that we will learn from the Bible tells us how not to be foolish. This is a very important verse. It's found in the Bible in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Now this verse, like all of the verses that we learn, are from the Bible. And the Bible is the book that God has given you and me. It's actually God's words written down. And because the Bible comes from God, then everything in the Bible is true. Because God cannot tell any lies. God had 40 different men write down the words that he wanted them to write down. He inspired them to write down the words, and they did. The Bible has two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, our memory verse today is found in the New Testament part of the Bible. The Bible is made up of many smaller books, 66 to be exact. Most of the books have several chapters, and each chapter has many verses. Our verse for today is found in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, and verse 17. Listen to what it says. Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Ephesians 5, 17. When it says, be not unwise, that means God wants you to be wise. He does not want you to be unwise or not wise. He wants you to be the opposite. He wants you to be wise. Being wise doesn't mean just being smart. Being wise means to understand what the Lord Jesus wants you to do and then to do it. God wants you to be wise, not to be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. What is the Lord's will? It's what God wants you to do. How do you know what his will is? How do you know what God wants you to do? Well, you find that out as you read his word, the Bible. When you understand and do what he's telling you, he can help you make right decisions. And that is the way to be wise instead of being foolish. Ephesians 5:17. Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Ephesians 5:17. As you read the Bible and as you obey it, God can help you to make right decisions. And that's the way to be wise instead of being foolish. So if you've already believed on Jesus as your Savior, God wants you to give him first place in your life. That means that God is the most important thing in your life, the most important one in your life, the one that you try to please the most. But if you've never believed on Jesus to save you from your sin, you can be sure that decision to believe on Jesus is the wisest and most important decision you can ever make. Jesus died on the cross to take the punishment for your sin. And he didn't stay dead. He is alive today. You can believe on Jesus. You can be saved from the punishment of your sin. And today you'll have an opportunity to make that decision. Ephesians 5:17. Be not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Ephesians 5, 17.
you ever insist on having your own way? Maybe you think that your way is the best way and you want everyone else to do things the way that you want them to be done. The problem with having your own way is that you don't always know what's best for you. The Bible tells us of a group of people who thought they knew what was best. Would God let them have their way? Well, we're going to find out today. Now you remember Samuel that we learned about. Samuel was a prophet of God. A prophet was a man who spoke God's words to the people. Samuel was a prophet and he was well respected. One day, as he was in his home in the place called Ramah, he saw a group of men approaching. These were the elders of Israel. That means they were the leaders of families in Israel. And these elders of Israel seemed a little anxious to talk to Samuel. One of them said, Samuel, we've been talking about the future of our nation, and we have some concerns. The men knew that Samuel was getting old, and soon he would die. Samuel had appointed his two sons to be judges, but they were not like their father. Instead of being honest, like Samuel was, his sons were dishonest, and they were greedy. And the people of Israel did not want these men to rule over them. Samuel's two sons wanted to do things their way instead of God's way. And you and I are like that too, because we're born wanting our own way. When you do things your own way, you're breaking God's rules, and God calls that sin. Your sinful desires separate you from God and cause you to do sinful things like stealing or disobeying or telling lies. And even though you sin, God loves you. He is holy and perfect and cannot accept sin. But God made a way for your sin to be forgiven. And that was through his perfect begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came from heaven to die on the cross for your sins. The Bible says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ is another name for Jesus. He died for your sins. After Jesus died, he came alive again to prove that the payment for your sin was complete. Now you can believe on Jesus and ask him to forgive you and to save you from your sin's punishment. Your life can be changed so you no longer have to do things your own way instead of God's way. But Samuel's sons were doing things their own way, and they weren't interested in being changed. The people did not want these dishonest men to rule over them. So the elders of Israel came to Samuel with a request. They wanted a king. I'm sure Samuel could not believe his ears. He was wondering, a king? The people want a king? He probably thought, why did the people ask for this? Isn't God their king? God had led them through battles and given them victory. Didn't God give them the judges to guide them? Samuel knew that the Israelites were not to be like all of the other nations that surrounded them. Nations is another word for countries. The nations that surrounded Israel had kings. But as God's chosen people, the Israelites were to have a special relationship with God that kind of separated them from all the other nations surrounding them. The Israelites were to be a people after God's heart, giving him first place. But now the Israelites wanted to be ruled by an earthly king, meaning a king here on the earth, instead of only God. And the people, they were rejecting God, 
Oh, these people are acting very foolish, aren't they? They were rejecting God's rule in their lives. But did you know that even today, God's people often reject God's rule in their lives? Reject means that they say no to it. They don't want it. If you have believed on the Lord Jesus by receiving him as your savior, you need to give God first place in your life. And that means that you allow God to guide your choices and you do what would please God. Maybe you've given first place in your life to someone or something else without even realizing it. You might let other people be first place in your life, or maybe you let your friends guide the choices that you make. Maybe school is the most important thing in your life, or maybe your family is. And perhaps you let those things decide how you'll spend your time instead of asking God what he wants you to do. Maybe you try to rule your own life when you selfishly decide to do or say what pleases you instead of God. You've taken first place in your life, and that is the place that God deserves. It's a very serious mistake to allow any person or thing to take the place of God in your life. When you allow that to happen, it will be easy for you to get away from God's perfect plan for you. And when you get away from that and you don't give God first place in your life, that will only lead to unhappiness. The Bible says... Ephesians 5:17 Be not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Ephesians 5:17 God's will for you is that you be a person after his own heart. And that will only happen if you give God first place in your life. It would be foolish to reject God's rule in your life. And it was very foolish for the people of Israel to reject God's rule in their lives. They wanted Samuel to give them a king, a king here on this earth, an earthly king. Samuel prayed and told God what the people wanted. God was sad that the people had forgotten how faithful he had been to them. Remember about what faithfulness is? When someone is faithful, they always keep their promises. They're always there for you. God had definitely kept his promises for the Israelites. He had been so faithful to them. But now it seemed that the people had forgotten about God being faithful to them. God told Samuel to give the people what they wanted. But God also told Samuel, give them a warning about their choice. So Samuel did as God instructed him. Samuel went to the elders of Israel and gave them the warning. And Samuel said, have you thought about what a king will require of you? The king will take your sons to be his horsemen and his soldiers and farmers. He will put them to work making his weapons of war and his chariots. And then Samuel continued. And Samuel told the elders of Israel, the king will take your daughters to prepare perfume and be his cooks and bakers. He will take your fields and give them to his servants. He will give you very heavy taxes. Taxes are money that you pay to the government. Samuel was saying that this king would have them pay a lot of taxes. Samuel said that the king would also take the best of your young servants and the best of your donkeys and make them work for him. You will be his servants. 
And then Samuel finished by saying, You will finally cry out about the king you chose, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. The elders heard this warning, but did they listen? They did not listen to Samuel. They had already made their decision. Their minds were made up. They told him, We will have a king over us. We want to be like other nations around us. Our king will lead us and judge us. He will fight our wars. We will have a king. Samuel must have been very sad to hear them say that. So he prayed and he told God again to give the people what they wanted. And this was not God's best way for the people. God's best way is for God to be first place. And if you believed on Jesus as your Savior, you need to give God first place in your life. When you are tempted to let other things or other people become first place in your life instead of God, you need to stop and think about all that God has done for you. Remember, he has saved you from your sin and you belong to him. It's God's job to direct your life. Think about all the blessings God has given you and how he's helped you to live for him. You can think about all the wonderful things he's given you, your home, your family, your friends, your school, all the things that God has given you. And God has helped you in your life. God has helped you live for him. And you can also think about what will happen if you let other things take first place. If friends are first place in your life, they might encourage you to do things that are wrong. If you put yourself first in your life, your choices will be selfish and they will not bring honor and glory to God. You can ask God to give you a desire to put him first in your life. And in the Bible, it says in our memory verse for today, Ephesians 5, 17. Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Ephesians 5, 17. Don't insist on your own way. If you're wise, you will give God first place in your life, and that is God's will for you. God's best way is for him to have first place. Now, there was a wealthy man named Kish. K-I-S-H. Wealthy means he had a lot of money. He was rich. And this man named Kish had a tall, handsome son named Saul. Kish told Saul to take a servant and go search for his lost donkeys. Saul and the servant searched through the mountains for his father's donkeys. They searched through the valleys and the surrounding areas, but they could not find the donkeys. Now, after three days, this had been quite a search, Saul said to the servant, Come, let us return. My father will have stopped worrying about the donkeys by this time. He'll be worrying about us. But the servant said, Wait, we are near the city of Ramah, where the man of God lives. Who do you think they were talking about? The servant was talking about Samuel. The servant told Saul, The prophet, the man of God, is a highly respected man. Everything he says comes true. Let's go see him. Maybe he can tell us where the donkeys are. So Saul and the servant went to the city of Ramah, where Samuel lived. Now when they got to the city of Ramah, they saw some girls coming out to get water at the well. Remember, they didn't have running water in their homes, so they had to go and get water at the well. Saul asked the girls if they knew where the man of God was. 
And they replied that Samuel was in the city preparing for a special sacrifice and feast. So as Saul and his servant entered the city, they saw Samuel walking toward them. Now as Samuel looked at Saul, God said to Samuel, This is the one who you are to anoint to be the king of Israel. Saul spoke to Samuel. And Saul didn't know that Samuel was the prophet. Saul told him, Can you tell me where we can find the house of the man of God? Samuel said, I am that man. Go up the hill ahead of me. You will be my guest at the dinner there today. Stay overnight and then go home in the morning. Wow. Samuel just invited Saul and his servant to stay overnight. Samuel said, As for the donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not worry about them. They have been found. Are you not the man for whom all Israel is looking? How could Samuel know about the donkeys? Saul didn't even tell him about them. Saul may have been wondering, why is he inviting me to stay overnight? And what did he mean by saying all Israel is looking for me? Why would I be the man who all Israel is looking for? Saul then asked Samuel, am I not of the tribe of Benjamin, one of the smallest tribes in all of Israel? You see, the tribes were the very big family groups. There were 12 tribes in Israel. Benjamin was one of the smaller tribes. Saul thought he was not important because he was from a small tribe called Benjamin. Saul said, my family is not even one of the most important families in the tribe of Benjamin. Why do you speak to me like this? Samuel did not answer. Instead, he just took Saul and the servant to the feast. He had the cook give Saul a special portion of meat that he had saved for him. And when evening came, Samuel took Saul to his home and gave him a room in his house. And early in the morning, Saul and his servant started for home. Samuel walked with them to the edge of the city and then told Saul to send his servant on ahead because Samuel was going to do something very special. He anointed Saul by pouring oil on his head. That was a sign that Saul was being chosen for something special. And then Samuel told Saul, The Lord has anointed you to be king over his possession, the children of Israel. Now Saul understood what Samuel was telling him. God had chosen Saul to be the king. Samuel told Saul that three things would happen on his way home. They would be signs that what Samuel said was true. First, he would meet two men who would tell him the donkeys had been found and his father was worried about him. Next, he would meet three men, one who would be carrying three young goats, another three loaves of bread, and the third one, a bottle of wine. They would give him two loaves of bread. And last, he would meet a group of prophets. He would join them in speaking God's messages. When these three things happen, you will know that God is with you. Well, as Saul and his servant traveled home, do you think those three signs happened? They sure did. Each of those three signs happened just as Samuel said they would, and that was proof that God was with Saul. Well, later, Samuel gathered the people of Israel, and before announcing the new king, Samuel gave them the warning once again that this was not God's best way. Samuel instructed the people, to pass before him by tribes. Remember 
How many tribes were there? There were 12 tribes in Israel. As they passed before him, Samuel chose the tribe of Benjamin. And then all of the different families in Benjamin passed before Samuel. Finally, Samuel announced that Saul, the son of Kish, was chosen to be the king of Israel. But wait a minute. Saul was missing. Where was Saul? They searched and they couldn't find him. And the Lord finally let them know that Saul was hiding among some baggage. When you take a trip and you pack up your clothes and the things that you'll need, you have baggage. That's the things that you carry with you. Saul was hiding in some baggage. They looked and sure enough, there was Saul. Saul didn't think he was important enough to be the king of Israel, but they brought Saul before the people. Saul was tall. He was taller than anybody else in Israel, and he was very handsome. He looked like what the people thought a king should look like. The people rejoiced. They got their own way. They had a new king. They shouted, God save the king. Samuel wrote some instructions for the new king, and then he sent the people home. King Saul also returned home. Samuel left that day with a very sad heart. He felt sad for the Israelites because they had rejected God as their king. Samuel knew this was not the best way. It only could lead to trouble for the Israelites, trouble and sadness. If you believed on Jesus and you've trusted him to save you, will you remember to give God first place in your life. When you're tempted to let other things be first place in your life, remember to stop and think about all that God has done for you and then ask God to give you a desire to put him first. Remember what our memory verse says? Ephesians 5:17. Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Ephesians 5:17. Don't be foolish like the Israelites. You need to understand that God's will for you is to be a person after his own heart and give God first place in your life. If you've been allowing something else to be first place in your life, confess that sin to God. Ask God to help you keep him first place in your life. That's not always easy, but it's very important. God can't be first place in your life, though, until you've believed in him as your savior from sin. And you can do that now. You can tell God that you've sinned and that you want God to change you on the inside. Tell God you believe that Jesus suffered and died to take the punishment for your sin and that he came alive again. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Believe means to trust that Jesus is the only one who can save you from the punishment of your sin. It's a very important decision to believe on Jesus. If you're ready to make that choice, you can do that by truly believing Jesus died and rose again. You can tell Jesus something like this. Dear Jesus, I have sinned and I am sorry. I believe you died and rose again. Please save me from my sin's punishment and change me on the inside to live your way with your help. In Jesus' name, amen. That's a very important decision to believe on Jesus. If you would like to read about how the Israelites demanded a king, 
then you can read about it in 1 Samuel chapter 8, chapter 9, and chapter 10. 1 Samuel is one of the books in the Old Testament part of the Bible. Again, that's 1 Samuel chapters 8, 9, and 10. That's all for this time. See you next time. Bye.